welcome to our episode of the Nintendo Retent Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. You know, it's really a bad, a sad state in the gaming industry when you you, you end the Splatfest. However, You have no idea how much I want to play that song since I saw the Splatfest <laughs> results. <laughs> uh, that, that's a real song. Who sang that? Uh, is that, there is the official, the original song, but the one I have is the Star Wars I'm Han Solo. <laughs> that's hilarious in so many ways, but I digress. So, but yeah, I uh, we'll talk about that in the news, but that was easily like the most surprising thing of the, of the weekend for me. I was like, wait a minute, who won? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. apparently people still love the white ink theory. Oy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I feel bad because it's like we did that passionate thing about family, family, family. You yeah. embarrassed us, game industry, yeah. game community. You embarrassed <laughs> the family. Yeah, go ahead. You you got you guys got the victory. We still got family. All right. <laughs> so who really won here? Right. Exactly. Keep your shells. We'll keep the family. No yeah, family. <laughs> All right, we got an interesting show for you tonight, including a main event that we're probably going to be very passionate about. But first, what have you been playing? I'm going to go first because I'm really excited to talk about this game I just got. It's called NDA Redacted Title. And in and in the game known as NDA Redacted Title. <laughs> okay, yes, I got a game that I can't talk about because it's releasing soon. That should be big enough of a hint. And I literally spent the basically the last... Was it six days, seven days, five days now? Like playing as many hours of it as I could because I'm trying to get the review up before the embargo release date, which again should be a really big hint at what game I've been playing. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yes. Uh, Our world. No. Yeah, I will. Uh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. You, you, you take that back. You don't speak that. Put that evil on me. Seriously, that's an abomination. Oh, it's Pokemon with guns. Then why are they Pokemon if they have guns? Uh, I, I'm really enjoying this game. I, I, I can't talk about it. I won't even hint at it just to make sure we don't get in trouble. But uh, it's a game that is currently living up to the hype. Put it that way. Uh, and I look forward to having a review up by the end of the month. Uh, just to be on the lookout for that. And then when the review embargo is done and I have my thing up, I will definitely be talking about it for like 20 minutes solid. Oh, for sure, for, for sure. sure. For sure. <laughs> I can say uh, on another topic that I ha I did get to play a little bit more. I did play more of Baldur's Gate 3 before I transitioned <laughs> to this very special title. Um, this That game is just so deep. Like, I'm almost scared <laughs> to do something wrong. So, like, here's what happened. I'm in Act 2 still and I'm really getting close to, like, key events and did I'm doing the Gauntlet of Shard, then I realized, oh, I have to go back and do all these other quests because I don't want to screw <laughs> things up. And then I'm like, you know, I never got to see what this path took me, so it took me to another part of the air world. And I'm like, oh, I can fulfill this thing for Lazelle. Lazelle. And then it's like, oh, but if I do that, I'm going to tick off everybody else. So I did it just to see what happened. And then I went back. <laughs> 
like 20, 30 minutes just so it didn't happen, and I'm just completely ignoring it because I, because it said in the guide that I read that if I do this quest, it's gonna like really break the trust in like Shadowheart and Carlac, and I'm like, I don't want that. I mean, Lysel's okay, but you know, like those are my ladies, so you know, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Lysel. So. But it's just like this is the these are the choices you make. Like if you make the wrong choice, it will affect you. And so I'm like, I'm not gonna make that choice. <laughs> just, I, I saw what happened. It's actually really cool. And I'm gonna, you know, just move on now. So but uh, I, I it's it's really sad to me that I haven't played Baldur's Gate since last Friday. And it's just like I'm I'm going through Carlac withdrawal. It's really hard. Uh insert your own joke here. But uh yeah, th- this other game has been more than satisfying no jokes will and I, I can't wait to talk about it but sadly because that has been dominating my life outside of you know occasionally with with fire Emblem heroes and then the one day at Baldur's gate that's honestly all i've been playing <laughs> like hours <laughs> in everybody just like from saturday to today i put 34 hours into this game i don't get the chance to do those kinds of gaming binges because i usually think okay you know two hours here i'll do some other stuff like, like writing to do maybe watch a little show but then no with this game it's like i need to get this done before the embargo lifts so it's like all the time like what can i put like another 45 minutes in this game yes you can Todd. so do it <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah but uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting, and it's it's been a long time since I've had like this kind of restriction put on me. We don't honestly get a lot of review codes like weeks ahead. Of time. Surprisingly, surprisingly, and yeah. I, I I am insulted by that. I know Keith is too, our boss, because we we do good work here at Outer Haven. We we try and do things on time, even when we buy the games like the day of. We try and get the review up within two weeks and all of that. And I definitely work hard to try and get my reviews up as quickly as possible while still finishing the game whenever possible so developers you know we got your back just like you know shoot a code our way i'm just or just say it just say it ah i think that's my shortest what have i been playing in a long time (laughs) until your next boss day three seconds yeah Two weeks from now. No. Yeah, two two weeks from now uh actually you're not wrong so uh scott what have you been playing? So I have pretty much lost most of my time to the uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink demo. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've been doing all that I can to like test out characters and try to S plus plus as much as I can mm. on all the well, all three of the quests. It's kind of funny that there, like you could say that there's not a lot of content in the demo. But because of how many characters they give you and how many like different combinations of like AI mm-hmm, and things you can mm-hmm, have, mm-hmm. it feels like there's like a lot more content than there actually is. Yeah, like even with like the base, like there's a story demo and then there's like the, the Monster Hunter de- uh, <laughs> Trials demo, which again, apparently people are very salty about that, but I don't really care too much. Is <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I played with, yeah, me, you, and, and uh, Keith actually played a little bit of the Relink demo and actually got the S++ in the first basic mission but yeah like the third the second and third ones those things are very hard yeah and um yeah I, like going to your points is like it, it surprisingly this this demo is very good of like showing up what it can do and like the car just how much that you can do and like the open world as well as like yeah I, I haven't played like an open world game in such a long time like this one like an open open world open world rpg and this thing like it, it definitely gives me that sense of like tears of a rise like those kind of games but actually feels pretty darn good yeah 
I think that's my favorite thing about the game. Like I, I played Grand Blue Fantasy Relink in, during the PAX West event last year. Mm-hmm. So I did have some experience with playing it. But now that I get to like, well, I don't get to dig my full teeth into the game because it's still not out yet. But, you know, uh, the demo, it still had a lot of new stuff that I didn't get to see before. And I got a lot of be play a lot of the characters I didn't before. And it was just really fun to try to figure out because all these characters are actually pretty complex in what they can do. And they're mm-hmm. all very unique. They all have different, like, not just movesets, but like their triangles or like power moves are mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. completely different. Some of them parry, some of them like have to dodge, some of them have to do their triangle during a combo in a specific like frame. Like there are so many, like you have to master the character you want to play as. This is going to basically be like, like when you have like, say, I don't know, like an Overwatch experience where you have someone who's like a main of like a specific person and they just want to master that character. That's how this is going to feel. Like when this game comes out, you're going to have a lot of people like I'm this main, I'm this main because they have to figure out how to play these characters. It it pretty much goes back to, yeah, uh, 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 Rising. Yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy Rising is like in the fighting game. It's just like, oh, I'm going to main this one, main character's character. Like, yeah, it seems to me that, yeah, they're kind of continuing along with that philosophy thinking of like yeah i'm gonna be maining this character once you go into the to the online missions and hunts yeah <laughs> which i mean it's kind of uh really cool actually though uh, like for an action rpg to have that as its thing of just focusing and getting your mastery over a character as far as like what my i have a write-up on the demo but basically what i it's one of those it's easy to play easy to learn but it's really hard to master but once you master it, you can do some crazy things. <laughs> right, right, right. Like my favorite character to play, at least in the demo, was uh, Zeta. Ah, she just okay. flies all over the place if you can time her combos right. And then when she's like as high in the air, you can then smash down your big giant spear on people, which does a humongous amount of damage as long as you know what you're doing. But again, you have to know what you're doing. People are going to pick up this character and wonder why the heck they're in the air after like the third hit. <laughs> without realizing that you just are basically now a pogo stick <laughs> <laughs> you just need to hit at the right time so that you can keep going higher and higher up in the air before you get to your big finale smash <laughs> yep 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 which i mean it's also fun because like if you're going online you can tell if they how they if they know how to play their character based on if they're actually doing the combos or not <laughs> i was doing testing uh charlotta in the game in the demo and I got a few almost all Charlotta character rooms because apparently you can break her very easily if you are good at dodging. Yeah, because every time she gets a hit when she's not interrupted, she gets another multiplier to her a big attack, basically. Oh. And you can just keep spamming your basic attack. And then when your multiplier is high enough, you can just do like some massive damage. And that even adds on to her skill, which her skill is her normal attack, but even faster. So you do normal attack, skill, normal attack, then do your giant smash. And it's just like, you can just do so much damage and so so much combinations with just like in each individual character once you learn kind of like their gimmick or the things that they're best Right, at. right, right. And like, yeah, the way you're describing it is almost, almost in a, sim- a similar sense that like it's very cathartic as well, like very similar to a Musou game. Like it's yes. simple, but at the same time, there's, but here in Grand Blue is actually much more depth to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. Like, 
I almost like wish that we got a most of this too, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe someday, maybe someday. You never know. Rare blue fantasy, though. We're just finally getting representation in you know the West here. That's not just a fighting game, no. <laughs> or a mobile game, yes. Well, we still don't even have the mobile game over here. Oh yeah, right. Which is sad. <laughs> I don't know why they don't put on any of like the storefronts here, but I mean, you can technically download like the the browser version of Grand Blue Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you yeah. have to still do it from the Japanese server. But they do have English as like a language you can select in the Japanese server, so you can go through like a workaround to play the mobile game, which. I know from experience is possible. <laughs> I got addicted to uh, Grand Blue Fantasy because it was like the only game I could find that had a crossover with the old Slayers Cart series. Oh, right, 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 right. And now no one's going to know who that is because everyone's now focused on Demon Slayer. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so that, that was most of my game time, which is kind of weird to think about that I was playing a demo for like a few days straight. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes to show like yeah if you make a very good demo you and just like oh replay this demo again and again and again then yeah you pretty much got a good solid uh, pop product that's probably coming good down the line so yeah like yeah exactly that, like, and i know a lot i'm not the only one but like pretty much a, a lot of people also saying like please uh game developers make that like these kind of demos like a good good a good amount to actually show what the product is and yeah people will come to you i remember and i know you'll remember this too will octopath traveler yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The exactly. First one you could do Olberex and Primrose's first full chapter, and that was pretty cool because it really gave you insight into the game, and mm -hmm. it really helped mm -hmm. me get hooked on it and made me excited for what was what I would eventually know was a really great game. So, you know, I mean, yes, sometimes the demos are meant to be short and sweet and to the point, you know, give you just enough, but sometimes you need to be more elaborate because that's what just the game is. Mm -hmm. Depth. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I I know they couldn't do it for like Tears of the Kingdom, but could you imagine <laughs> if they had the demo be like the entire Sky Island? If they oh, had geez. Tears of the Kingdom, I would not, I would just play that demo for so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just saying, I I I totally understand you being in that demo for a while. If it's that good, then that's you enjoy it. Yeah, I'm so hyped for this game. <laughs> And I am so hyped for NDA rejected. Don't remind me. I know. Oh yeah, for the record, everyone, if you can't get the joke, they these two guys know exactly what I've been playing. In fact, we talked for like 20 minutes about my experiences before it, but I am not legally allowed to talk about it. So they are suffering because they know I'm really deep in this game, and they have to wait a couple more weeks at minimum just to play it. <laughs> it's satisfying, and yet. That's why I'm the host. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Will, outside of helping Scott with Grand Blue, what have you been playing? Uh, well, if you couldn't tell already, yes, I have been more or less been busy with the Splatfest. Okay, we'll talk more about that, but yeah, it's <laughs> like one, I, I'm very happy we've gone to the frosty fest and like just seeing all the new costumes of uh off the hook um uh the squid sisters just like yeah the, the winter aesthetic of like in in both cities is just like by all means it's just so very beautiful so and here's hoping that they that the, the team at, at platoon like listens to the fan feedback like can we turn on these like the special themes whenever we want once you're like done with the game like, like, can we switch on to the Halloween? Switch off to the winter, like snow these because these things are very beautiful. I, it, it would be a shame just like, oh, it's only for a certain time, a seasonal time, and that's it. You can't turn them on whatsoever. So, 
here's hoping that you will, there it will be a toggle option somewhat somewhere down the line. But yeah, again, we'll talk more about Splatfest and does that. But geez, Louise, have had some stories. Um, other games that, of course, naturally, like again, just it's just buying my time. I have been going actually, kind of having a bit of a Suica um kick as of recent late, and yeah, I'm trying to get that waterman, but it still continues to elude me. If anything else, so yeah, being a bit of a Suica kick. And of course, naturally, as well, um, well, as you said, with Fire Emblem Heroes, we just recently got announced a new banner, which is the Nabata uh, uh, banner, which, yeah, uh, we we have another uh, Altina alt, which instead of a dual sword, she's using a dual axe. And apparently, it's like definitely one, a very uh, unique uh, Altina alt, to say the least. <laughs> so there's that, as well as uh, the, the dual hero this time around is a uh, Ingrin and uh, Elise, I think it was her name. I forgot her name, but yeah, like apparently she basically, yeah, worry about her because she basically can do AOE specials every single turn. So just if you just be careful. But thankfully, this matter isn't too pressing for me because uh, also as well, yeah, uh, th- yeah. Now that I'm reminded as well, we're in the midst of doing the voting for the next Choose Your Legends. If you remember correctly, uh, dear host, I do remember. I actually haven't remembered enough though to go and uh vote <laughs> oh, I, and honestly i'm like who do i vote for there's only a few characters that i want to see legends and then i saw like the early like results of the midterm yeah the midterm, the midterm i'm just like ah okay yeah all right yeah that's who we might get okay yeah and just for the yeah, quick spoilers as well because at the moment right now we are definitely seeing a lot more engaged representation to say the least <laughs> ever, ever since the game came out so yeah we have a layer both versions of a layer and of course maybe cast uh from the engaged cast but one one side for me is like yes i do want like by or i'm surprised I, I know that about. I feel like we're gonna definitely get Bernadetta as the next female because if you remember the last one, she was in number three. So it seems to be the case that Bernadetta will be taking this time around. But uh, it, I personally, for the male side of things, like while Alir's okay, I kind of just want like, can we just wrap up the entire uh, three houses and just like get Yuri in, and then we could just get all four lords, please. <laughs> so yeah, just to like get wrap it up like a pretty good bow. Like I'm, I'm glad we had the gatekeeper and all that and so, and so forth. But yeah, let's just wrap it up with um with uh Yuri and then yeah, we're we're done with three houses. And of course, uh, I'm just I, it's just kind of funny as well because I'm seeing the female um voting about ballot and like yeah, Darge are still there. Like again, I, I found a very funny comment like always a bridesmaid, never a bride. But apparently she was <laughs> a bride in one banner. But it, it was kind of funny. So yeah, Darge are still there. Darge are still there. Please get up there soon. <laughs> So, but yeah, that's that's basically um, environment heroes. And at the moment, right now, yeah, just we're just waiting. We're we're approaching the season of, of games. Infinite Wealth is coming out next. Yeah, next. Yeah, literally next week. And uh, and of course, naturally, it's two ma- the massive game flood that's coming out in February is coming soon. So yes, I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's about to get really heavy with game releases. So. Gauge your time accordingly, if you even can. <laughs> For some of you, it will be impossible, and that's just the way it is. So, you know, embrace it, because it means you're going to have a lot to do over the year that is 2024. So, be ready. All right. And with that, we will now move on to the news, because it's been a very interesting news week. So, it's time to go down the war pipe. And first, 
Flatbus. How did Team Solo win? Uh, uh, what did like look? Okay, the card shows. Okay, okay. So basically, uh, j quick spot. Just rip the bandaid off right now. Solo won with a clean sweep, which is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. It's so wrong. Yeah. People say they want to spend the holidays by themselves, but they're lying. Yeah, they're lying. Yeah, but apparently the gamers out there are solo and like, oh, dude, like, oh, how you win? How do you win these matches by playing with your friends and family, <laughs> something of that sort? And just for the, yeah, I'm looking at the stats right now. So in comparison, uh, for for friends, it is 32.44 percent. For family, it got the le least amount, which is 25.27 percent. With solo taking the, major the little majority of 42.29 percent of the vote. It's like, uh, other be one is because of the whole white ink theory again. But there was there was only one other time that white ink didn't win. But apparently this time here in Frosty Fest, like oh, uh, white ink, uh, the funny color. Like I, I would have like uh, you probably would assume I would probably pick the white ink, but I, I want to be wholesome just this once. But it's yeah, like the fact that forty two percent of the vote want to go and be solo. Is either be the color or they really legit like they want to spend the holidays on their own, which again, as a fellow introvert, or perhaps that is definitely the more appealing case because, like, one who doesn't want to spend like spend time with the annoying like big mouth uncle or like family like all the time, like, please, I, I like my, my quiet time, thank you very much. But yeah, to think that 42% of the vote got to solo is wow, wow. And I, I honestly thought that. Family will actually get a good amount of votes, but no, apparently it's the least popular one. Ugh. Like th th this only screams like the, the state of gamer society right now. Like we'd rather be spend ourselves spending time with our video games rather than spend time with family, which kind of is the case in a sense. <laughs> but yeah, and um, rounding up the, like the the cloud ba base again with with the uh solo sweep uh thirty four percent. 0.46% for the Open League, Pro League, 35.05%, and Tricolor Battle of 35.76%. Again, all to solo. So, big man sweep right this past weekend, which is... Uh, wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It's, it is absolutely wrong. <clears throat> and, yeah, and uh, when I was playing as um as with family, like, I, surprisingly enough, even Tricolor Battles, I still get some fair share of mirror matches on the same team. Which is like, huh? Oh, you oh, like it's almost the same thing in the, in the last Bloodfest. Like, even though if you're in the least uh, the least popular vote, like you still apparently still have chances of actually getting same uh, same team mirror matches. Which is, come on, Splatoon three, just put on a toggle. We we I don't mind extra queue time. Like just so we can play different teams, so actually have it this like make the results a bit more distinct and much more consistent. I don't want to play same team matches anymore, please. So yeah, apparently. So yeah, that's Blackfoot for y'all. Apparently, we want to be alone for the holidays, which is yeah, kind of sad. <laughs> I, I I just think it's a crime because they clearly didn't hear our passionate speeches about family. Family. <coughs> family. I bet they never even watched a Fast and the Furious. How dare? Or played a Yakuza game? Gosh. Yeah. So. They're not real cultured individuals. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not men of women of culture. Definitely not. <laughs> culture. So, yeah. You know, you all, you have, you guys might have won, but did you, though? 
<laughs> really, you won the Splatfest, but you didn't win the war. No. <laughs> we'll see you on the next topic, to say the least. I'm curious to see what's coming up next, if anything else. Well, if they, if they, let me see, last weekend was the 13th, so if they do it, wait a month, that's Valentine's Day. And uh, let's see, it would be either the 9th, 10th, 11th, or 16th, 17th, 18th, if they go by a month's schedule, of course. Uh, for, for, for sake of, uh, yeah, for history sake, um, the last time we did a, a February Splatfest was the, the chocolate event back in oh, yeah. uh, February 10th. And again, reminder, white, it was the same results. White chocolate did a sweep. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, then. That's, uh, yeah. And I remember that one because I was like, Ew, white chocolate. Why? So, uh huh. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on because the pain is too great. Too great. So, let's talk about something positive. Positive. Let's talk about Nintendo. Yes, I know that's not much of a giveaway, but we're going to talk about specifically <laughs> Nintendo decided to do a, a donation to Japan to help with the recent uh, earthquake natural disaster that happened. Now, how much was it, Will, that they donated? You were the one who posted about this. Uh, let me go and just put them on right now. It's not, in, it's not in our Nintendo chat. Okay, so uh, basically, uh, Nintendo is donating 50 million yen to the Japanese Red Cross in response to the, the Noto earthquake on January 1st. So uh, convert that, 50 million is about... Uh, uh, Google Senpai, please help me, sorry. Let's see. Uh, okay, 50 million. Okay, thank you, Google Senpai. Uh, 50 million Japanese yen is basically $337,000 uh, USD, basically. How's that for a conversion rate? <coughs> That's a number, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a million yen. I'm a millionaire. No, you're a yenionaire, and that's what <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone gave me 50 million yen, I'd be freaking happy right now. You know, I, I, I'd be doing a lot, and I'd be doing nothing because I'd be like, I don't need to work. I got 300,000 bucks in the <laughs> So, but no, this, this follows up what happened with the Pokemon company where they donated. Uh, I think a similar amount, if not maybe a little bit smaller. I think it was maybe like roughly about like 10 million yen or something yeah, at something that like moment. That. But either way, it was a donation. It was a nice donation to help out Japan. And um, yeah, funny as well, to add on to that topic, uh, on to that point as well, like, aside, uh, in addition to the the donation from Nintendo, apparently they also will now freeze repair service for their systems. Yes. So for like the one, so in, in case any Nintendo system that got caught in the earthquake, they will repair them for free, which is like, wow. Which is good, because like that's the last thing we gamers need. Is like we just got through a natural disaster, not to worry about you know buying a new Switch. I've got other things to buy, you know. I don't know what you know. It's not like my house is more important than my Switch. It's not. I mean, it's just where all my games are. Dang it, no. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's a it's a nice gesture, and this is what as sad as it sounds, game gaming companies need to do this like every time there is something of this nature because mm -hmm. it's one less stress off of people who've already had. Something bad happened. Remember, we're in January, gosh dang it. All right, we're in the back half of January somehow. We've already had a natural disaster. I, one of the reasons I was more than happy to play my NDA protected title was because it was below zero here for multiple days uh, yeah, in yeah. Illinois. And apparently it's going to get worse in some places, which I, I wish you all the, the best. Stay warm, please. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're already having bad weather and natural disasters. The last thing we need to worry about is, you know, game repairs and you know do i have to buy a whole new system and then get all my save data over there somehow from the cloud and whatnot <laughs> all right so if nintendo microsoft sony whoever can help with these kinds of things do it don't be don't be jerks 
Mm-mm. Yeah, so as well, yeah, even yeah, Sony themselves also did make the donation themselves as well. So yeah, overall, I'm, like the, the game companies actually are doing some some good things in the world at the moment right now. So with that I'm happy. Yeah, like I said, don't be jerks. But speaking of jerks, let's talk about Ubisoft. Uh, if you thought I was going off on Phil Spencer before, which I was, and he deserves it, uh, Ubisoft will be the directing of my fury today. They are my lightning rod, all right, but not in the uh. Barry Allen, Iris West kind of way. This is the negative nightly lightning rod, all right? Because they've been doing all sorts of crap, but we're going to call them out for a piece of uh, jerkishness, doesn't sound right, actually, uh, that they pulled out in 2022. Because remember a game called Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope? No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, that's how Ubisoft has like been treated. Because <laughs> if you recall, that was one of the big game releases in 2022. It came out in that very busy third-party month of October. And then, like, a month later, they said that it was had disappointing results, and yet we never got the definitive answer of how much the game freaking sold, which is odd, because not only did it win awards, especially at the Game Awards, I believe, I think it got at least one award there, <laughs> and, but, like, it was a critical darling, I loved it, and, like, you know, obviously my word is law, so there you go. Uh, by the way, Echo, not good, that is law. Uh... <laughs> Not as bad as Secret Invasion, but it was it it could have it it could have been, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, we've been waiting for like over a year to find out how much this game is sold, and finally, Video Game Chronicle got the answer. As of right now, a little over let's just say 15 months after release, the game has sold about three million units plus, give or take. That's a success. <laughs> And How it, dare they not get to the double digits of millions? Yeah, in, in one in one week. How dare they not sell like twenty million in a week? You know who they? How dare they think they're not as big as Pokemon or Tears of the Kingdom or a very bad <laughs> Call of Duty game? You know. Yeah, like when it hurt. Hold on, hold on, Scott. No laughing at the Call of Duty joke. Come on, help me out here. Sorry, but I, it's Call of Duty. I'm not allowed to laugh. It's just boring. Ah. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice comeback. But yeah, it sold three million, which is success. And according to analysts, this is actually on par with how Kingdom Battle did on its way to ten million sold. So shut up, Ubisoft. <laughs> like yeah, like you you brought up to the point as well. Like and of course that 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 definitely also different ways to frame this. But like again, many t- many companies will will be happy to be in the million club, like the million numbers. Just, just like. And again, like from two different like icons of Mario and the rabbits, like it, as you said, like the first game was awesome, so it should be done the same thing. But at the way that Ubisoft labeled it as like, oh, it didn't, it, it was it sold millions, but not not to give us a profit. It's like, uh, what? But yeah. it did well. They're basically doing a, a similar Square Enix take on it. It's like, oh, it didn't meet quota, even though it sold millions. Yeah. It's like. Wow. And now, of course, Square is saying, oh, no, it met expectations. It told, Square, Final Fantasy 16 totally met expectations, but you lost millions. That's not the same. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with Ubisoft. And, and if you recall the situation in 2022, they were dealing with a bunch of uh, like game delays. And so Rabbids was all they had. And so they're like, oh, because the first game sold 10 million ish, it's totally going to do that for the sequel. Except that's not how it works. <laughs> no. And as, as I noted for another site, you need to remember when Re- when Kingdom Battle came out, that was 2017. That was when the Switch was, you know, first coming out, and there were only certain games you wanted to get for it. 
fast forward to now, even with everything that's going to have going to happen with 2023 with all the Mario titles, there's an epic backlog of games that if you're just buying a Switch, you're going to want to get those <laughs> Mario and Rabbids. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And then if you already have it, or, or, or if uh, you were one of the ones who played the first one, you might wait to get the second one. Or maybe you're just like, oh, I got it. I didn't like it as much as others. Am I, I'm not interested in the sequel. That happens. You cannot count on blind loyalty. This isn't Call of Duty. And look what happened with them. <laughs> and of course, naturally, I think as well, like what also helped out for the CS is recording is also being discounted as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, game developers, like p- publishers, apparently people don't game don't want to buy games at full price unless they really really like it. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe like cut us a break here and like wait for the holidays before you jump on us. Like no, we want the initial numbers. Come on, uh, like look, we love Mario, we love rabbits, but is it really that much you want? Like. To put your eggs in that one basket, please Ubisoft. Yeah, and don't forget, as I noted earlier, in October 2024, that was a huge third-party month. All right, in just that month for just the Switch, there was Mario and Rabbids, there was Bayonetta 3, there was uh, the port of Near Automata, and a little game you might have heard of called Persona 5 Royal. What? So you tell me that of those four games, ports or not. You're going to tell me that you expect Mario and Rabbids to beat out all of those? Really? I didn't think so. I don't think so. And again, I didn't, even, I didn't, I got three of those four games. I didn't get near Automata. Sorry, Will. Um, to be or not to be. <laughs> that, that was not even a question in my mind. Sorry. Uh, not my waifu. But I got three of those four games, but even still, I got, I played the first one, then I got the next one, then I waited to Christmas to get Persona 5 Royal, and then that consumed my time. If you want me to pick the best of those three, it's Persona. And not just because of the length. Trust me, it wasn't just because of the length, all right? It was, it was all consuming, but that doesn't always mean a quality game. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try for length, Call of Duty. It's like, man, we're, we're running on Call of Duty tonight. I feel, it feels good. It's good. You know, it I, deserves to have a little, you know, yeah. edge cut yeah. off of here and then. Yeah. Also, just for context, um, this is another news bit. We'll just transfer now. But in terms of U.S. sales for 2023, this was the first time in over 10 years that a Call of Duty game or a Rockstar title was not the number one game in the U.S. The number one game, Hogwarts Legacy. I know, right? <laughs> the nostalgia is real. The nostalgia <laughs> is real. Well, technically, I wouldn't even say it's nostalgia because it was a fresh game within a familiar universe. Yeah, that's so, fair. You know, it, there was no there, there was references to Harry Potter novels, but not like dedicated Harry Potter characters. So, you know, Harry, Ron, Hermione weren't showing up in that one. But either way, it shows that you know even Call of Duty can fail if they don't put the quality in. So suck it. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft, you suck it too. Okay. How dare you <laughs> knock the rabbits? And like they did their job. If anyone failed, it was you. You know, whether it was promoting it, having the timing be wrong, or whatever, you failed that game. That game did not fail you. Deal with it. All right. From one horror story to another, <laughs> let's talk about Pokemon. Oh boy. Okay. Now there's two stories I want to talk about here, and we're going to talk about the lesser of the two evils here, which is. Uh, there was on the Pokemon Center website, which I'm a big fan of because it's where I got my Pokemon jackets, uh, which, by the way, kept me so warm during those negative degree days. <laughs> All right. Rayquaza kept me warm with his dragon skin. It sounded dirtier than I intended, but, you know, it's it, it, it's true. 
Uh, I'm sorry, if I could have a Rayquaza in real life, do you know how much my life would be easier? Like, zooming through skies? Anyway. Um, yeah, we wouldn't need cars. No. I know, right? Like, <laughs> and then it's like someone gets in my way, hyperbeam! Bam! <laughs> <laughs> no more traffic! <laughs> don't spam the hyperbeam. No. <laughs> <laughs> Local trainer spams hyperbeam. News at 11. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the Pokemon Center recently got some very special new shirts. And like these are like high quality stuff. You, you dig? Like we're talking like very fancy style. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get these. All right. Like I, I'm looking at a picture right now. I mean, they got a really cool Mewtwo one. They got like Raikou. They got a nice Charizard one. They have an epic one with the legendary birds. I was like, I should totally get this. And the best part is that unlike most shirts, the main image is on the back. So you're highlighting. Your, your fandom as people are looking at your back, which is a nice twist on things. I like it. Yep. So I go to the Pokemon Center website. I'm like, okay, if it's like, you know, 50 bucks, I'll probably get it. And I look on the site and it's like 125, 150, 145 bucks. And I'm like, how? <laughs> like, okay, here it goes. It's from Dolly Noir. All right, whatever the heck that means. Um, didn't know sheets could make these clothes. Anybody? Dolly. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, like these are supposed to be these are high quality stuff, and like I click on like the Charizard one is a hundred and forty four dollars, which is more expensive than a Mewtwo hoodie, which is a hundred and thirty dollars. How is the hoodie less expensive? That's more mm. material. So, not surprisingly, it's not sold out yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if you have, like, trust me, if if I could trick faith. Uh, who hopefully will be back next week into buying me one of these, I would let her, but I ain't buying these on my own. <laughs> All right. I'm like, look at the, even like a t okay, the, there's a, there's t shirts that are 50 bucks, but it's not the same. And I don't, I don't know like how they gauge the prices on these. It's really a lot. All right. Okay. So yeah, the, the Pokemon, the birds, legendary bird shirt is 50. So maybe I'll get that one. I mean, 50's not too bad, I guess. But actually, I can't. They don't have my size. They're, they don't have double XL. Oh, well. So sa save me some time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, like, seriously. Save all the money because I don't have enough money to spend on that. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So if it's, you know, buying, like, one of these shirts or buying a copy of NDA Redacted Title, um, I think I'm going to have to buy NDA Redacted Title. So just saying. But uh, that's so that's one horror story. The other horror story is about a Pokemon named Picharon. Picharon, <laughs> however you want to say his name. So uh, this is the Pokemon that was uh, brought to the game via the epilogue quest in last week's content update. And then the Pokemon company said, "Hey, we should do like a actual story behind Picharon and what he's like." And you want to live in the Pokemon world, huh? No, <laughs> no. So here's here's the story very very loosely. There was this once an old couple. This it always starts out like this is a this is like <laughs> an unsuspecting old couple who could not have children. Oh, it's so sad. It it is. But it's it's uh, remember up like that brought us to tears. This is the dark side of up. All right. This is if what if Carl and Ellie found a Pokemon that actually tried to control their minds. We're not making this up. Petron has the ability to create a mochi. Which is such po such po has such poison that it will literally control your mind and then turn you into a greedy person. 
So so Petron Run basically mind controls its owners, which turned them into greedy, evil people. And thus they kept going to Petron Run and say, hey, get us this, get us this, and we'll love you more. And it did it because it wanted that affection. It wants affection and love above all else, and it's willing to mind control you to get it. And that's where it got one of the loyal three, uh, Okie Dokie. It literally, quote, tamed, <laughs> aimed Okie Dokie with its mochi chains, which again, mind control. And then, after a while, the old couple said, hey, we heard about these masks in Kitsukami. Why don't you go and get those for us? And so it goes on a journey. Mind controls the other two of the loyal three. They go and kill Ogre Pond's master. Remember, that's, that's the canon <laughs> story. They kill Ogre Pond's master to get the masks. And then Ogre Pond beats them to death outside of Petra, which it puts into like a slumber. And then, like, when you do the epilogue quest, you wake up Petrant with a special Petra Berry, which you can get via mystery gift. And I don't know what's worse. The story itself, which is horrifying, or the fact that I saw people saying that this story was adorable. <laughs> I mean, like... I can't I, do not. I, I see the reference to Tomorrow's Horror Story folklore, but, jeez, that is an interesting take, twist. Yeah, no, and I saw someone, like, uh, take like cutscene footage of the video and and of uh, the Pokemon, and they tried to portray the loyal three as good guys. Like they were trying to calm down Ogre Pond, and uh, hey, we're all friends here. And Ogre Pond's like, no, I'm gonna beat you up. And I'm like, yeah, because Ogre Pond is mad. You killed its master. Why wouldn't it want to beat you up? But yeah, this is a Pokemon that will control you with poisonous mochi and make you a greedy person. I'm glad this doesn't live in the Pokemon world or in our world. We already have enough mind controlling greedy people. Yeah, we don't need more excuses. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, or a side that they can actually make a black hole or implode, explode, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. Remember, kids, the Pokemon world is terrifying. Yes, it is. Yeah. And remember, this is, this is the second of the Kitsukami Pokemon that we know of that deals in, like, life destruction. Because of a, what was it? Pulti, Pulti, Poldestra, Poltra, Poltra, guys. What was that one? Will, uh, the T one. Remember, the uh, the, uh, the Poltra, guys, or whatever. Yeah. guys? No, Poltra. It was it was specifically the Poltra variant. Remember? Oh, oh, the matcha, the matcha. Oh, crap, crap. Yeah, uh, I, I got it. It's uh, Poltra Geist. Ah, I can't type today. Yeah, Poltra Geist. And it was where if you drink its tea, it actually absorbs your life energy. Oh, right, 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 right. Remember? It was like, yeah, that's freaky. <laughs> and now we got one that controls with poisonous mochi. Imagine okay. having those two in the combination. Oh, boy. Just be careful about everything in the yeah. Pokemon world. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately everything. Yeah. And if you really need a better example of you know how dark the Pokemon world is, read the manga. Yep. Oh, yeah, there's dark stuff that happens in the manga, including like a hunter trying to eat your soul and everything. So, yeah, be, be careful, okay? Just this reminds me. I was in the bookstore the other day, and they had the Pokemon manga under children's. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not children's. <laughs> yeah. Like, you better be careful, sister. I'm gonna send Haunter after you. What's a Haunter gonna do? It'll eat your soul. Like, <laughs> where'd you read that? It's in that manga you got me. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, it's for kids? I think not. Well, some some kids would enjoy it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. If, uh, those who, uh, I don't even know. I, I know that my uh, niece does not like too dark stuff, so. <laughs> so yeah. And remember, kids, The Nightmare Before Christmas is technically a kid's movie, too. Yep. Yep. What, what does Santa get you, dear? Pulls out the shrunken head. Oh, it's important. Yeah. I remember, like, that trailer commercial preview, whatever. Like, I remember that freaked me out when I first saw it. I was like, what, did, what does Santa get you, dear? He pulls out a haunted shrunken <laughs> head. It's like, holy crap, Mom, what is that? So, yeah. We, we grew up in interesting times. <laughs> interesting times. Back then, it was considered a kid's movie. I mean, heck, I still get scared of the movie Dumbo when he get, when Dumbo got drunk. <laughs> that thing scared me. Like. How, about, how about Pinocchio, where the kids got turned into donkeys? Oh, jeez. Yeah, that gave as a kid. <laughs> yeah, don't give me start with Guillermo the Total's version of it. That thing, holy moly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one more slight horror story from the Pokemon universe, and that's with Pokemon Horizons. Because if you recall, that, that uh, premiere, the U.S. premiere on Netflix was scheduled to happen on February 23rd. Well, now they've announced that it's going to be delayed until March 7th, so a smaller delay. Uh, they weren't. They didn't say why? I'm going to imagine it has to do with the translation issues or something like that. Maybe just want to make sure it's all good before they launch. I don't know. So you're going to have to wait a little longer. A little bit. A little bit. So, sorry, Pokemon fans. It's not been your week. It's not been your week. You got too, too expensive apparel to buy, or you've got a poisonous Pokemon that might control your mind, or you have to wait another <laughs> week for your favorite or your potential new favorite show to come out. It's a cruel, cruel world. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk positivity, gentlemen. Positive. Positivity. Pikachu. No, no not Pikachu. <laughs> That's Captain Pikachu to you. Um, let's talk about the Switch anniversary. Yes, we know that March 3rd was when the Switch launched, but uh, a week ago-ish was the anniversary of the Super Switch reveal event on January 12th. And mm. just for context, in just that show, they revealed Super Mario Odyssey. Mm -hmm. They gave the release date for Breath of the Wild. They announced Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Octopath Traveler, Shin Megami Tensei. There was a Skyrim port, because of course there was a Skyrim port. You know, Skyrim. It's everywhere. And yeah. so on and so forth. And uh, like, that was a pretty big lineup. Like All of those games got millions. Mm -hmm. except, yeah, except, yeah, I believe even Skyrim. Said... I can't confirm Skyrim, but you know, I'm pretty sure that did well. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but even, yeah, even uh, when Suda51 also did a presentation for uh, Normal Heroes 3 as well. Like, oh, that's that, right. That, yeah. that thing was showed off, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's, it was seven years since then. And like, I still remember attending the New York event, like when, when they showed off the Switch. And yeah, like, can you believe that it was so long ago? Like, we were so excited to play a Breath of the Wild on Switch. Yep. Like, and now, boom! Seven years. We're now we're already playing the sequel. Oh, like, jeez, yeah. <laughs> And just just give you some context, Scott. When when me, Will, and Tellius Tyler, who's somewhere in the Shadowverse, smiling, probably not the Sixers, but us at least. Um, stupid Adam Silver. We were just <laughs> not just glued to that event. When they announced that the pre-orders for the Switch were up that night, we raced to the various sites we went to, and we all got our Switches that night. Like we insured that we had it so that we didn't have to uh, 
uh, worry about. And thank goodness, because it's sold out. Yep. <laughs> and the short and the shortages for a minute for those like two or three years. Yeah. 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 I, w I w we were not gonna miss an opportunity. And if we do that again, if there is another uh, Switch successor reveal event, which ironically we do not have any Switch rumors to discuss this week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Very surprising. <laughs> Thankfully. I know. Right. Well, there were other things to talk about. Ironically enough. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it was seven years. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, the three more short until over the decade. Yeah, it'll be 10 years after, in three short years. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it's just it's a weird thing looking back and feeling that old <laughs> and all that. And, uh, oh, I, I kid you not, I, I wrote an article about the, uh, the Switch successor with the Mario game we talked about last week. And Tyler found that and he saw it and he goes, I know a top black headline when I see one. <laughs> and I go, ah, ha, 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 ha. And we, we just got talking about, you know, can you believe, you know, we were, we've been doing the show, you, you guys have been doing the show since the Wii U days and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, we're old, man. We are so old. And he, he says, I, I need the new Switch for a new Fire Emblem, hopefully with much better presentation. I think Three Houses and Engage both look dated and have been drawn back to the GBA games. Okay, I think he kind of... Bruh! What? <laughs> I, mean, I, I know what he means in part because, like, even when Three Houses came out, it had, like, the character models and the cutscenes were great, but, like, the environment... It was limited. Texture, it, the graphics definitely limited. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't unlike with uh, Legends Arceus where, you know, like, parts of it were beautiful, but, like, the textures could have been a lot better, you know? Which, you know, now we can just blame on, you know, Pokemon Company for not taking the time to, you know... <laughs> Make the trees. Make the trees. Make the make the grass look good. I need the grass to look good. All right. Like, do do you remember when a team? Uh, what was it? Wasn't Team Ninja? Who who does the Warriors titles? Koi Tecmo. Koi Tecmo. Yeah. When Tecmo. Oh, Omega Force. When they, yeah. when they did uh uh Hyrule uh, Warriors Age of Calamity. Yeah, yeah. Age of like, Calamity. They spent half the time making the grass look good. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. that's the dedication we need. <laughs> When yeah. it, when a move so third party team like that cares about much more than you, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but no, no switch rumors this week. We'll probably get them soon enough, I'm sure. But uh, for now, we are at peace, and I I, I am happy about that. So, uh, but yeah, switch anniversary seven years seven years since its full unveiling, and what a road. Ah, uh, yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, we we've had the big years, we've had the the good years. I I would be fair to saying. That up to right now, because we don't know what 2024 is fully going to be like, I don't think the Switch had a bad year. Because there was always something. It, it, it definitely had a steady, yeah, like, sure, varying quality and, like, yeah, and volume, but sure, sure, it definitely had some definitely good years. Yeah, I mean, even, like, okay, think about it. 2017 had, like, everything. 2018 had Smash Brothers. It had Three Houses. It had... Uh, ooh, Pokemon Let's Go, I think, was 2018, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 2019, um, I can't remember. That doesn't mean there wasn't anything in it, obviously. Uh, maybe Mario Maker 2 was that year? I don't remember. No, that was 2018, I think. But uh, then 2020, which was obviously the bad year, and yet we still had Xenoblade Definitive Edition. We had Animal Crossing, which caused the pandemic. <laughs> and I, I'm never gonna get tired of talking. And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking. I thank you for Google. Yeah, uh, yeah. 2019 was was three houses and Astro Chain came out that year. Oh, that was great. That was great games. Yeah, there had to be more than that though. Come on, what else? I mean, Marvel there? Ultimate Alliance three. That yeah. was great. Oh, come on. That I liked great. it. <laughs> I love that game. That was a million seller. 
It was a million seller. All three of those are million sellers. So, and Three Houses is the best-selling Fire Emblem game ever. So, there you go. Uh, but yeah, like every year was great. And then, of course, you had like the big years, like 2017. I think 2021 had it was a big year. And then, of course, 2023 was big. Oh, 2022 even with uh, uh, Pokemon. RC. So I had a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of Pokemon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then of course 2023 with 20, Tears of the Kingdom, Odyssey, Engage, Advance Wars, Wonder. You know, <laughs> it's been good. I mean, this ironically, the last year could be the worst year <laughs> because all we have right now are Mario titles, and three of them are ports. Yeah, ports, remakes, remasters, whatever you want to call them. We have one new. We have one new, like absolutely new title for 2024 so far, and it's Princess Peach Showtime. Mm-hmm. What a world we live in. <laughs> Peach, the Peach. representation they all want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, with Anya Taylor Joy doing so great as Peach in the movie, or so I'm told. Okay. Peach is getting nominated for the song by the Golden Globes, not the Oscars. If, if they do that song <laughs> in the game, by all means, I think it'd probably be helpful. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Like, like Bowser. Oh my, well, think about it. They are in a theater, so if they wanted to do a like a, you know, a, a musical number, it wouldn't be out of place. If they put a not to do movie, by all means, I think that I would love that Easter egg. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, moving on to some sales news because there's been some very interesting sales news for the Switch and games recently. Uh, this the first one I want to talk about is Dragon Quest Monsters: The Dark Prince, Mm-mm-mm. which I forgot came out. I mean, I've played the Monsters, you know, spinoff, which is obviously a Pokemon ripoff, but <laughs> you, you know it's true. Man. But uh, that game sold a million copies on Switch, which is pretty good. That's for <laughs> a third-party RPG spinoff. You know, not a main title, but the 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 spinoff. Okay, like I, I'm looking up when it released. Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Dark Prince. There you go. Uh, I, I didn't realize it was an exclusive, or was it? Here, let me look it up. I think it is. Yeah, it, uh, made for Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it came out on December first, so less than two months, it sold a million units. That's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I don't remember a lot of fanfare for the game, but that's not exactly a bad thing at times. It just means it wasn't like, you know, Baldur's Gate or Tears of the Kingdom where it's like, you know, 10 out of 10 masterpiece or, you know, <laughs> where it's all lies, you know. And also, I think it also goes on to show that Square Enix is still not good at knowing what to market, what not to market. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. World ends with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. I know that the second, oh, both games are masterpieces as far as I'm concerned. Like, I know you feel that, Scott. Yes. I know you feel that. So, <laughs> yeah, so Dark Prince, already a million copies sold on the Switch, which is awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, then for uh, Tears of the Kingdom, because we're, we're never going to stop talking about that game. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was the uh, best selling Switch game in the US last year. Not surprising. It was the fifth best-selling game on any platform, not including the digital sales. So when you include the digital sales, it probably was higher. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if I recall correctly, I thought I saved it. I apparently did not. Uh, The four games above it were Hogwarts Legacy, as I noted earlier, uh, Call of Duty, Madden, and Spider-Man. So... Spider-Man. Sorry. 
get me pictures of Spider-Man so I can sue him for being Tears of the Kingdom. But again, that's without digital sales. Yep. And so when you include that, it's likely a lot higher. Yep. So and that brings me to Japan again. Because <laughs> they, uh, Famitsu released the top 10 best-selling games of 2023. Again, all physical sales numbers. All right? Number one was, you can say it. Hogwarts Legacy. Don't you dare. <laughs> Japan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Obviously. <laughs> and even without digital sales, it was basically 2 million units sold. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, and, and according to our insider, Stealth, great name, uh, total sales in Japan are likely 30 to 50% higher than the numbers above when you include the digital sales. So well over 2 million, if not 3 million. So yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, the reason I bring this up is that all 10 games in the top, in Japan top 10 for fi- for physical console titles, not like you know your mobile games or whatever, all 10 are Nintendo titles. Yep. Every yep. single one of them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the top 10. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario Brothers Wonder, Pikmin 4, which I'm sure a lot of people are surprised at. I know I was. Uh, Scarlet and Violet. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised by that. Like they sold yeah. over a million units, physical and digital combined. I, uh, well after the game released, that's pretty interesting. Uh, number five, Momotaro Denetsu World. Totally, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that game, dude. Okay, <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> there's, there's always one in the crowd. There's always one. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Of course, of Kirby, course. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which came out in February, I believe. Uh, Dragon Quest Monsters 3, obviously a port. Splatoon 3, because they can't get enough of that. Yeah. And it's Super Mario RPG Remake. Ah, yes. Right, all right. So, yeah. And uh, for further sales domination, the Switch sold 4 million units in Japan last year, bringing its total hardware to 31.7 million in Japan. That's a big number. That's a Japan big... likes the Switch. <laughs> and uh yeah so and apparently I, I don't have the topic up with me but uh nintendo has apparently been dominating well japan in its charts for well over a decade that includes the wii u at times which is hilarious <laughs> when you think about it but uh yeah it's basically held a, a tight grip on on japan's top 10 list since the days of the ps2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now, obviously, that could, that could change this year depending on certain releases and how Japan receives them. And obviously, there's no Splatoon or Tears of the Kingdom to rack up the big wins. But you never know. Nintendo could still have a surprise or two for us. So. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll give props. Like, yeah, because, again, next month, Sony has their biggest contender of the year, if not game of the year for next month. But, yeah, as you said, Nintendo still may, has, may have a, an ace up their sleeve. So we'll see. We'll see. But Will, what title does does Sony have coming out next year that's so popular? Next month. That's you. <laughs> Tell them the game, Will. Tell them the game. Uh, uh, something with something with begins with an F and then ends with E birth. Uh, uh, it's a five five seven E birth, of course. What do you think I'm talking about? I know. Yeah. There's I, a seven. <laughs> like I, I know what you're talking about. It's the game with T. <laughs> 
Yeah, that has become such a meme. Like, yeah. and, and apparently rouse up some things in Twitter. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, Cody Christian, like, even, like, that, by, by supporting that, like, <laughs> oh, boy, that was some big Final Fantasy VII fandom is weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm sure, like, if, if they're going in the direction I think they're going, it's only going to get weirder because, spoiler alert, Aerith might live, and Zack's alive, which means they could officially get back together which is odd because obviously Aerith likes Cloud, and Cloud has feelings for Aerith, but does he have like Aerith just because of the me memories from Zack? We don't exactly know. And then, of course, there's Tifa, who's almost acting like a fifth wheel here. Yes, fifth wheel here, even though <laughs> Tifa's best girl. Come on. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, things, things are happening. <laughs> feelings. Talking about feelings. Yeah. And Yuffie's here going, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of trauma. Yeah, and, and Barrett's like, I ain't got time for this crap. I gotta see the planet get back to Marlene. <laughs> Marlene! <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna worry about Kate Sheaf. And like, oh, oh, snap it off, you say, with his great Scott mm. accent. <laughs> and of course, uh, Vincent, who dares disturb my slumber? Uh, you're not a vampire. Yes, I am. Just look at how I dress. Do you not see me sparkling in the sunlight? <laughs> Different vampire. <laughs> Thank goodness you're not like that. Right. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what Nintendo has. In, and we still have no word as of yet on a potential Direct. Ironically, I have not heard any rumors about a Direct either, but we're not to the end of January yet, so... There's still time for those rumors. Well, still again, room for rumors. We're, we're, as we approach February, we'll, we'll likely start hearing the rumors soon. Like, oh, the Rex got coming up soon, yeah. as they as it usually does. It'll happen this week. It doesn't happen this week. It'll happen next week. It doesn't happen next week. It's coming to be soon. That's not what you said like, two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the score. We, all it, know we the haven't done this for seven years. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes. yes, we have. Well, we as in me and Will. Scott has not, obviously, heathen. So, but it wasn't a site, Todd. That is not an excuse. That is <laughs> I should have known you guys be during my time in college, apparently. No. <laughs> All right. Finally, this one just kind of makes me happy. Is a uh, Ace Attorney bit of news. And if you recall, a, uh, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy is coming out twenty. Is it May the thirtieth? I think. Hmm. That the twenty twenty third or the thirtieth? One of those two. But uh. One thing that this trilogy is really going to highlight is that all three games are going to be in updated 3D graphics, 3D models, and blah, blah, blah. And the reason that the Ace Attorney franchise even went in that direction in the first place is because of a little game you might have heard of called Professor Layton. No. Yes. Because when Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton, which were games that were always tied together for various reasons, including behind-the-scenes reasons, uh, did their crossover. It was level 5 that pushed them to do the whole game in 3D. <laughs> and so uh, Kenichi Hashimoto was talking with Play Magazine. He goes, quote, We had no plans to shift to 3D with Apollo Justice. During the development of the fifth game, Dual Destinies, we saw how successful the 3D visuals were in Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney. So we tried out a visual-style 3D models, which looked like 2D art, and it turned out better than we ever expected. And yeah, that's right, end quote. And yeah, I totally agree. That was not only just the right move, it was the best move because A, the 3DS could handle it. The first, Apollo was on the DS, so I understand they're not using it there. But the 3DS could handle it. And by the time they did Spirit of Justice, as I noted in my review and multiple podcasts, like they had beautiful animations to show uh, the emotional states of various characters, including Emma Sky, who's, who's best girl, obviously. Uh, obviously, do, do not hate. Uh, 
actually, now that I think about it, there weren't, like, speaking as, a, as, as Will for a moment here, um, there weren't really a lot of waifu characters in Phoenix Wright. I mean, not in the traditional sense. It don't not say, in traditional it sense. Don't say Mia, because that's weird. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mia's a special case. I mean, okay, putting on my, my culture glasses for a second. Okay, Mia, okay, that, that's a different case. But, like, of course, naturally with the different um, witnesses and, and, and all the coaches, especially with the one with the clown, which a lot of people got really round up on Twitter, apparently. But, yeah, there's definitely the more traditional sense. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that, because, yeah, they did have, like, those types of characters, but they were never ones that you would ever truly fawn over. But, yeah, the Balloons Girl, yeah, I've seen her on Twitter multiple times. I'm just like, that's an interesting way to take the character. Okay, then. Um, but, anyway, getting back to the real source of the conversation here, I wish this kind of growth would happen more naturally in the video game world, where you know, companies come together and they go, hey, you should try this because it really worked well for us. And I couldn't imagine them still doing the 2D sprites and then try to do these remasters with 3D models because I feel that they would be too stuck in their ways. Now, that's why I'm excited for this because if you really go back to the, the original Apollo Justice game, it looks rough. Like, mm. DS graphics do not hold up to what we have now. And so seeing this in fresh polish, HD graphics, it's going to be awesome. The other games will look even better. Those Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice looked great originally. So, again, it's okay to take cues from one another in the positive way. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> yeah. Like, for like for example, I know that, that Game Freak could learn certain things from... Oh, not Game Freak, because they did fine. Pokemon Company. Pokemon Company could learn, like, not to rush things from certain tiles. Because it's like, like let's say, Baldur's Gate. Think of how many, think of how many years they had that game in early access to try and make sure that it was as good as possible for launch. You know, that was dedication. And I, and I wish they had that same dedication for the launch of Scarlet and Violet. Or continuing with Baldur's Gate. When you think about the deep story and the characters that matter and how you wanted to get them know them better, I really think that Bethesda could have used that to make Starfield actually good. <laughs> or, like, I don't know, like, maybe it's impossible, but I don't know, fulfill a very life, a long time Pokemon fan request of putting the national decks. <laughs> there you go. It's nice to dream, Will. <laughs> Dreams are meant to be broken. Um, or hey, and just focusing back on Nintendo, Nintendo has always had a policy of you know never releasing a game until it's right, and it's worked out for them like nine times out of ten. And oh, if Call of Duty had just listened to them, <laughs> we were very proud of this game that we released in 16 months. It's the lowest rated game. It's probably one of the lowest selling games. You're getting crapped on all by the place. You're not acknowledging player it's or uh, critiques. So yeah, good job, guys. You got insulted by the God of War. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you got burned on national internet television. Kind of. You got it wasn't burned. even that you like, got burned on destructive stream. of a joke either. Yeah. <laughs> There's another company I'll never work for. Like, yeah. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if they actually did hire him. <laughs> like <laughs> the next Call of Duty featuring yeah. Kratos. <laughs> yeah, and then he, I feel like for, for like the trailer, he has to read a prepared speech. I am Christopher Judge and I am voicing the main character, no main villain of the next Call of Duty game. And I was gonna say, this is actually a good Call of Duty game. It is not a game that I will insult at the next game awards. <laughs> but the one after maybe, no? Yeah, one after. <laughs> Again, it's nice to dream. Uh, and this actually perfectly ties into our main event, ladies and gentlemen, because as our fellow Outer Haven people talked about during the spectator mode content or con context podcast there we go there's word words todd <laughs> words uh spectator mode podcast ubisoft made a very i'm gonna say dangerous 
statement about the future of games that's rubbed people a, a lot of people the wrong way, and not just gamers. All right, we're we're talking, you know, major influencers in the gaming space, including a head of a company that has a uh, very fiery woman named Carlac at their beck and call. So we're going to talk about what they said, what it all means, and whether we think this is even possible future in an intent discussion. All right, so here's the question. What did Ubisoft say? Well, they said that Skull and Bones was once again delayed. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, it was delayed again and again and again. But uh, this was from there. I want to get this right because this is a really weird title. This was from Ubisoft's director of subscription. That's a real thing, apparently. Uh, Philippe Tremblay, who said to GameIndustry.biz, one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a little slower to happen in games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't lose your progress. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game, end quote. As I say to Faith quite often, sure, Jan. <sighs> yeah. What's the point yeah. of spending money if I don't get the thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, these are the kind of comments like that will make co consumers like, yeah, okay, uh, you, you, we, we should get comfortable with not owning our digital games. Well, Yo ho ho, yeah. Like, yeah. like the, the way. Okay, we we bought a subscription. Okay, so we have that, but we own this. This is the kind of things that, like, why I I personally am still a a, a proponent for physical games. Like, at least I own the thing. And like with digital things, like it's almost to the point that I feel like with this kind of statement, you're almost describing subscription services like an NFT. Like, oh, oh you bought this thing, but you oh, you don't own it, quote unquote. Like, you own it, yes, but you don't own it. You're like, in the blockchain. Like, Ubi's, like this statement is pretty much doing an NFT statement. Like, oh, like what? Okay, I bought the thing. So, I, I do I have pro, 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 um ownership of it? Uh, yes, but technically no. What? It's like no Ubisoft. This kind of anti-consumer policy like, statement is just like this is the kind of things that will drive people away from you. Like, really? Like, of course, when you buy a subscription, okay, you buy buy a service for a, a month, a year, whatever it may be, and you provide the service. Simple enough, right? <laughs> Apparently, no for Ubisoft. There's all I want to say here. First of all, shut up, Ubisoft. <laughs> okay. Like, your talking is really getting annoying to me now. All right. Like, and, you know, are you as bad as Phil Spencer? No, not yet. That's six, by the way. Six on the year. I'm still counting. Um, <laughs> six insults on Phil Spencer. I'll get, I'll probably insult him later on, but, you know, we'll say stop at six for now. I do want to give one small bit of context here. He's talking about this as they're preparing to launch Ubisoft Plus, which is their own gaming system subscription service. And they're going to have like multiple tiers and blah, blah, blah. But here's the problem. 
And yes, I, I acknowledge I'm not an Xbox, Xbox Game Pass user, nor will I ever be. Uh, outside of maybe using the free pass that I apparently have gotten from the new computer that I have, but I never used it, <laughs> even though it's free. Um, I just I never had the need. But here's my thing. I'm pretty sure... Okay, just honest question. Do either of you have it? Yes. Okay, do you need internet connection to use it? Game Pass, yes. Okay, and there's the problem right there. If I wanted to like let's use my switch as an example if i had i I, last friday i had a power outage it wasn't as long as the july one that i talked about last week which made it all the moronic that i had one after mentioning it last week if i wanted to play a game on my switch i could do that because i own the game i could just plug it in or i could put in i'm just looking at my system right now i could put in persona 5 royal i could put in super mario odyssey or breath of the wild Tears, no, not tears. He knows it's digital. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I uninstalled it, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, I have, I have a whole bunch of like physical game cartridges, and I have a couple games already downloaded on there that don't need an internet connection to play. Yep. So, what would happen? You know, God forbid, an EMP goes off tomorrow, and all of a sudden it takes like months for true internet and all sorts of electronics to come back online. All right, and. Like, let's just say they get, like, they get the electronics up in, like, a week so we can recharge our gaming systems and all that. But then, like, the internet takes a couple of months. That means you don't have access to any of those games that you do not own. Not Xbox Game Pass, not Ubisoft Plus, and et cetera, et cetera. So that's problem one. If I don't physically own the game, I can't play it anytime I really want to, as Will alluded to. Okay, these games have time limits on Xbox Game Pass or Ubisoft Plus or even PlayStation Store and all these other ones that have a rotating catalog. Yep. That's the thing. And he goes, oh, like, what about DVDs? Okay, I know why you're saying that, and I know why you're saying that with music, but there's a difference. First of all, the reason we got used to not using CDs was because we could buy the individual songs. Buy the individual yep. songs via iTunes or... What was the other store? There's like Google stores. There's yeah, Google also store, Spotify. Or Spotify. Whatever. You know, there are services where you buy the songs via your MP3 player, your phone, whatever. You could play them. Or if you really want to be cheap, just go to YouTube. <laughs> yep. Screw <laughs> the ads. You know, I'll, I'll hit skip ad when unapplicable, but I'll, you know, I'll just play them for free. And that was a benefit. And even then, I wouldn't do that all the time because sometimes you just want to hit your playlist and got that going on and on. But there are plenty of people who still want to buy DVDs because they don't trust the streaming services, not the least of which is because they keep increasing their rates. And now they're throwing in ads in tiers that they said they would never put ads into. Exactly. Right, right, right. So subscription services as a whole, gaming, music, television, movies, and everything in between, there's, there's problems with them inherently and naturally. And... Inherently natural. I think it's a contradiction, but whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to use big words here to show how serious I am. Okay, deal with it. Um, there's flaws in these programs. Now, yes, at one time, Netflix was the biggest thing. But they're also seriously in debt. They can't keep all their titles, and then they keep, like, again, switching. And then if you look at something like Max, which was HBO Max, now Max, and they fuse it with Discovery Plus because that was two different things, and then, you know, that's a thing or whatever. That keeps getting all their stuff cut shows that people liked are getting cut because it wasn't making enough money because it's a streaming service. You know, it's hard to measure success sometimes. 
And then when you do get the success, it's never guaranteed to be long-term success. And uh, going back to Xbox Game Pass, I wrote a, a, an article for another site today that noted that Xbox Game Pass as a whole is at about 33 million-ish subscribers. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> on the surface, that sounds huge. But here's the context. There isn't even 33 million Xbox Series S slash Xs sold. Yeah, which means that those numbers are divided between the the next gen consoles, the Xbox One systems, and the PC, which is partly fine because that's that's the portability of it that's intended, but that that's hardly you know the biggest numbers ever, and it was the the growth of this year was less than last year, that was a big thing that the analysts were saying, and as as uh, someone noted on Twitter, uh, Xbox Game Pass has a hundred slots. That's it. Jeez. That, is- that actually is kind of surprising just because uh so last year game pass integrated xbox live into game pass Mm-mm. so there should have been a much larger resurgence yeah and it's not and it says game pass only has 100 slots most of them taken by AAA releases so that means that not only are they rotating they're not even going to have the biggest selection so what happens if you go through those 100 games and you realize oh i've either played them beaten them, don't want to play them again, not that interested, that's not my genre, and whatever. You say, oh, but that's 100 games. Yeah, but how many games do people actually play in a year and the ones that actually matter? Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the other key point here, which is d- some developers aren't on board with this model at all, including, wait for it, Swen Vicky, the head <laughs> of Larian Studios. <laughs> you know, the guy who said that Baldur's Gate 3 will never be on a subscription service because it's a pretty <laughs> game that's absolutely worth the price, and not just because of Carlac, but mainly because of Carlac. I'm uh, this is a long quote, so bear with me here. He goes, quote, he quoted, uh, for the record, he quoted the uh, Ubisoft uh, quote that I mentioned before. He goes, quote, whatever the future games look like, content will always be king, but it's going to be a lot harder to get good content as subscription becomes the dominant model, and a select group gets to decide what goes to market and what not. Direct from developer to players is the way. Getting aboard to okay a project fueled by idealism is almost impossible, and idealism needs room to exist, even if it can lead to disaster. Subscription models will always end up being cost-slash-benefit analysis exercises intended to maximize profit, which you could obviously say about like Netflix and such. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but it may not become a monopoly of subscription services. We have already are sorry. We are already all dependent on a select group of digital distribution platforms, and discoverability is brutal. Should these platforms all switch to subscription? Oh God! Subscription. Should those platforms all switch (laughs) to subscription? It'll become savage. Too many s's. Come on, Sven. Uh, in, certain, in such a world, by definition, the preference of the subscription service will determine what games get made. Trust me, you don't want that. Too long didn't read. Uh, you would, you won't find our games on a subscription service, even if I respect that for many developers, it presents an opportunity to make their game. I don't have an issue with that. I just want to make sure the other ecosystem doesn't die because it's valuable, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much true on that point. Like, when you... If- if like many developers and publishers really want to like invest into the subscription model, like it only goes kind of, in my opinion, it just kind of shows that greed uh, of like oh, p- putting in that, that 
like oh just like we want to pay and like okay put in what game be it like a varying quality and it, it, i think the, t- taking a few words from from kubukiv is like again these big wigs that don't know how to like like re- they don't care about the art of the game it's just basically oh what what maximizes the profits in a sense and and, and yeah i, I I'm thankful for those for Laren Studios again. Like as I said, Baldur's Gate Three is indeed a game. It is well worth the price of admission, and like if it's, if it's you want to pay for it, because again, you want to pay for the work they have done for quality work, and not just like it was basically from a cookie cutter uh, shop or something of that sort. So it, it's yeah, th- this whole thing is. That that's one thing I am kind of slightly worried about the game industry like shrinking over, but thankfully there are still a few holdouts that don't care about profit and just want to like actually make good games. Thankfully, like Kami and such. Yeah, and and not just that, but you need to be reminded that not everyone, on a publisher level, would want to do a subscription mm-hmm. service. Like you think about Xbox Game Pass, they think about that report, that leaked document that came out. You know, the one that's had Phil Spencer saying that Nintendo would, I believe, be popular. Uh, How does yeah. that go in for you, Phil? <laughs> Seven insults. Um, think about the money they were shelling out to try and get those day one uh, uh, placements on Xbox Game Pass. That's uh, not sustainable. No. That is not sustainable, okay? Like, for real. And, like, and Microsoft will learn soon enough, as they are already learning with their lack of sales to the Xbox Series X and S. Um, that you know you can't just heap money at things and hope that it'll work out well. They're gonna keep claiming, oh yeah, this Activision Blizzard thing is gonna be a huge thing for us until you actually produce worthy stuff. You're just spinning your wheels, and you know like oh, but Starfield did great on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, how how's that going for you now? <laughs> and you can say like oh, but six million people played it at launch. Yeah, because six million people didn't buy it. And that's their problem now. <laughs> and they could say that was actually their benefit probably because if they played like I did for like 10 hours, like this is the boring game, they could leave. And that is the only benefit to this kind of subscription service is that you're paying 10 bucks for a game that, or a whole bunch of games that you could try out and leave at your leisure. And that is a benefit. But the, the cost of it all, like the overall cost is just too high. And like Nintendo doesn't have a subscription service. And God help us if they try. <laughs> I hope not. I, I hope I not. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it would be bad as if they used AI, Will. His draft point's like hanging in the balance. We've had multiple AI news. <laughs> I'm still like, good. I still got a hold up for 11 months. I still have good. Yes, but like you've already had a heart attack almost twice in one month because of the AI news. And like you got dangerously close at times. Anyway, um, you're lucky the foam stars are just a Splatoon knockoff. But <laughs> that will say that for next week. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, there there's going to be people who just don't want to do this. And as we're learning with, with Max, with Hulu, with Disney+, Plus, with all these other ones, you can't just expect everyone to go to this and then like, and I'll give you another great example, uh, and I'm not bashing this show at all. For the love of God, I'm not bashing this show. She-Hulk. That budget, the show, the budget for that show, nine episodes, was $225 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. For context, Avengers, the movie, the first Avengers movie from 2012 was 220 million. Do I really need to explain which one did better <laughs> and which one actually made money? 
And it, it, it starts with an A. <laughs> yeah, it starts with an A. Let me let me put it this way. I bet she hulk wish I bet, bet she hulk wish she came out first so that the Avengers could avenge her. <laughs> and again, I like the show, but it didn't do numbers on Disney Plus. And even the star, Tatiana Misley, was like, Yeah, we blew through our budget and Disney Plus was like, No thanks. So they're probably not gonna get a second season. Yeah. And there are other shows that on Disney Plus, on Netflix, on Hulu, on whatever, that they blew their budget thinking that this would bring everyone to the table and then they keep raising their prices. And now like Hulu and Max and Netflix are having more ad filled tiers. Like, oh, you have to pay this much to not get the ads when the whole point was that there wasn't ads in the first place. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, they're going now almost worse than how television was. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's bad enough to to deal with it with YouTube, you know, with the unskippable ads and all that. And now I have to watch Hulu, which I got free from my phone service. And now it's like, oh, you have to watch a minute 30 of commercials. I'm like, the whole point was that I'm not supposed to watch commercials at all. So... It's... How much we have caught one back in society. Okay, back in good old good old TV days. We had just had basic antenna and like ba- varying commercials. And like, oh, a streaming service. We don't have any commercials now. Uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I, I can understand that this might just be, you know, him shilling for Ubisoft Plus. Like, oh, they need to get comfortable, you know, not owning their games. We will never be comfortable. The only reason that I have as many digital games right now is because my boss buys them for me. And I still own the games. They're just not all installed on my Drive on my Switch. Yeah. Just because I don't have a big enough SD card. If I did have a big enough SD card, I would have them all on there and they would still be mine. Mm-mm-mm. Okay? They, they would be mine. Alright. Your soul is mine. <laughs> Which is ironic for me to say, because obviously Mortal Kombat doesn't play well on Switch. But I can hear Tyler screaming, you suck, Mortal Kombat! But look, there's a difference between thinking this way and it actually being this way. I know, I know that there are some who probably believe that it is possible that we could all go to a gaming subscription service for everyone in the future. But with everything we're seeing right now with the other subscription services and the backlash and the debt and all the confusion and pandemonium that's going on here, it just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. There are too many detractions and negatives and whatever you want to call it. It's just better to buy the games. Yes, they're expensive, but they've been around the same price for 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm, Even Sakurai noted that. He's like, it's actually weird that we haven't raised the price of games that much. All right? And, you can, and yes, it is cheaper to buy the Xbox Game Pass or Ubisoft Plus, I guess, than you know buying all these games. But again, you're, you're paying for 100 games that aren't all going to be the same, that you won't have access to all the time, and do you really want to like take uh? I think of a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I know it's not coming to the Xbox Game Pass. Well, I'm just using it as an example. According to Tetsuya Nomura, it's going to be a hundred hours long. Okay, <laughs> at, at max, at max, it could be a hundred hours long. So I want you to imagine you get this on day one Xbox Game Pass. You're not going to, but just imagine it. Okay. Um, I could do a Phil Spencer joke here, but I won't. I will resist. We're at seven right Keep now. Keep it at seven. Keep it at seven. It's a good number. Dang it. Yeah. Um, but imagine, like, you get it on Game Pass, and you're like, oh, I can just enjoy this. So you play, like, 20 hours your first weekend. All right? But then, bam, life hits you. 
work, family, everything, and you spend the next three weeks doing everything but gaming. But you have it in the back of your head, like, once everything clears up, once life calms down, I have Final Fantasy ready for me. Then the end of the month comes, like a month passes, you finally get a chance to game, and all of a sudden you see that you have two days left before it's off the game pass. But you still have your save data. It'll be there when you come back. Is that the same feeling? No. No. No, especially when And I can't put those games on a shelf and look at them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, have we taken long breaks from games? Yes, I famously took a long break from Kingdom Hearts because I couldn't beat a boss fight. And then I waited six months, replayed the whole game again, and then I finally beat the boss fight because I realized I had a technique that I didn't use in the previous one because <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention. I'm sorry, okay? But that was my choice. I chose to put down Kingdom Hearts. I chose to wait six months before playing it again. And then when I did, I could play it in full, which I did, beat the game on my second try, thank God, and establish my love of the franchise forever until I couldn't get the games anymore because they're on PlayStation. I don't have a PlayStation console anymore. Um, and that was my choice. It was my choice. Just like it was my choice to play Persona 5 Royal for 110 hours from the dates of December 25th to... February something. Because <laughs> remember, I had to stop because of Engage. So, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like 30, 40 hours away from it. Then I went right back because that was my choice. All right? Yeah, like, it's pretty much as you said, Todd, like, the, the freedom of choice, like, whenever you want to come back to it. Like, yeah. Like, that's the thing I, with physical games. Like, again, how... It's not a hard concept. Pay the game. You own this game. That's it. Play whatever you want, and this, this, and with the subscriptions, like again, okay, we pay for it, but you only have a, a limit. You don't actually own it. It's like, then what's the point of me buying it? Yeah. It's like that. It's just, it's just really like, if not asinine, just like okay, I pay for this thing, but I don't own ownership. Yeah, it's yeah. Going back to that main top main point is just. Yeah, and it, it, it's just really how, how much like the, does the game industry just want to like take as much as want and just I don't know. It's really it's almost to the point. Is like why like is is it for greed? Is it for like oh just for like making a a, a very official cycle of like keeping profits over like. Like for or over customer rights or something like that, consumer rights or something of sort. I don't know. It's like it's just really tiring of it in a sense. Yeah. yeah. And let me put this one more way before we end the show. I want you to imagine the pandemic of of 2020 and so on and so forth. And I want you to imagine that Animal Crossing New Horizons was on a subscription service. And it was only on the said subscription service for like two, three months during the pandemic. And then it went off for like five, six months. Do you really want to tell me that that game would have sold as much as it did if it had done that? No. 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 So, and, and Animal Crossing New Horizons was like the game of the pandemic. It was like the biggest game of its franchise by a large margin. I'm pretty sure it's top five, if not top four. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Switch game of all time in terms of sales. 
and people yeah, we're having people having business meetings in there there you go <laughs> yeah and i mean my twitter timeline blowing up because of all the the designs of the islands and the houses and so on and so forth they did that because they knew there was freedom in having the game and playing it as long as they wanted without fear of losing it because it was theirs to own they owned it <laughs> so own it ubisoft you suck no <laughs> um <laughs> And I say that before Skull and Bones comes out. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, stop putting your foot in your mouth. You know, I'm pretty sure mouth's getting pretty full right now. Oh. <laughs> and with that mouth-watering joke, uh, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Do you feel as we do that gaming subscription services are just never going to really be as big as these game developers like Ubisoft or Microsoft? Uh, oh my gosh. What if they're what if these two are the ones trying to do is because they're both soft? No? No, I guess that joke? Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> it's a wrestling joke. Deal with it. Um, but do you do you agree that they, this isn't going to get big because of the reasons we stated that you love to actually own your games versus just playing them when they're available on a subscription service? Let us know. Also, what did you think of the Splatfest results? And were you one of the heathens who sided with Team Solo? Han Solo. <laughs> By the way, yes, Solo was a bad Star Wars movie. Stop trying to convince me otherwise. If they only added that song, then I probably would have given some points. If, if, they that, <laughs> if they played that during the end credits, I might have given it an extra 5.5 of a star. It was a crime they did not put that song. I'm sorry. Just saying. Um, also, did, have you tried the uh, Pokemon epilogue quest? What did you think of the Petra story? What do you remember about the Switch reveal showcase anniversary? And were you like us and got your Switch pre-ordered that night? And what did you think of Nintendo's sales dominance over Japan and even the U.S. in 2023? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Skull Kid Scott Warrior, well, I am Turai Force Style. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not allies. He made the end of the rebel. So, raise the flag.